Welcome, everyone, to Authors on the Air. I'm your host, Pam Stack. We're proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I hope you are all well and healthy and sheltered at home with plenty of great books to read, because if not, have I got suggestions for you. Tonight is a very special episode of Authors on the Air. Um, my guest host is Josh Packer. For those of you who do not know Josh, you've not been reading uh, Ellery Queen Mystery Magazine, which is a shame because he's terrific. Um, he is an American writer, editor, and translator. His short crime stories have been featured in Ellery Queen and Alfred Hitchcock's Mystery Magazine, among other places. And his translations of fiction by Dutch and Belgian authors appear regularly in both both of those magazines. Um, Josh is here tonight to talk about the book that he's just um, edited and written a part of called The Beat of Black Wings, Crime Fiction Inspired by the Songs of Joni Mitchell. Josh, welcome to Authors on the Air, your first time as host. Thank you, Pam. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm thrilled that you're here. Now, before I let you get started on your um, on your hosting duties you wrote this book uh, with the proceeds going to one of your favorite charities will you tell us about it please yeah it was part of the plan uh, from the beginning on this particular book pam is that uh, the authors who wrote the 28 stories in the book one of them me but also uh, two dozen others uh, all agreed to donate one-third of the proceeds to a charity that we felt uh, Joni Mitchell herself would resonate with. And because Joni sadly suffered a brain aneurysm in 2015, from which happily she has pretty fully recovered, um, what we decided to do was to donate a third of the proceeds to the Brain Aneurysm Foundation, which uh, is a a research and uh, informational resource for both victims and families and friends of victims, but also for the medical community looking for ways to uh, increase awareness, but also ways to increase uh, and improve results for people afflicted with this sad condition. Well, thank you so much for doing that, and I'm sure they have uh, are deeply grateful for your contributions. I want to remind listeners that... Um, which is unusual for this show, about um, in the last 15 minutes, we're going to open up the phone lines. If you're interested in speaking to any of our guests, please write down this number, and I'll give you the cue when you can call in. The number is 347-633-9609. Please don't call now because we, ha- we are going to listen to the authors who are here with us tonight, and maybe Josh will bring back some more authors at a later date. Josh, the show is yours. Good luck. Thanks, Pam. Uh, again, it's just delightful to have the opportunity to be here, and I'm very, very happy to have with me uh, six of the two dozen other authors who contributed to the book. I think we'd be delighted to come back with another group of writers sometime in the future. Uh, this project was really a labor of love, I think, for all of us. Certainly I know it was for me, and that's the impression I get from the contributors as well. Uh, I started working on it about two years ago, and we may talk a little bit more about how that evolved later on. Uh, But the basic idea of the book, let me lay that out for you, and then we'll get right to the other authors who are here with us this evening. Uh, The basic idea was to honor the lyrical and musical contributions of Joni Mitchell to American and international music. Joni, of course, not an American native. She was born and raised in uh, Saskatchewan in Canada, but has lived in this country for uh, the last half century or so of her life and of her career. Uh, During the course of her career, Joni released a total of 17 studio albums, plus a number of additional compilation albums and greatest hits albums and live recordings. Uh, but what, what I wanted to do with the book was to, to get at least one of the songs from each of the 17 albums, two from several of the albums, uh, and have those uh, stories uh, told by the songs serve as inspiration for crime fiction by crime writers. So I approached 
several dozen of the greatest people working in the short crime fiction form nowadays, uh, not just in this country, but also uh, in a couple of other countries as well. We have contributors from England, one from France. And uh, I invited them to pick a song from one of Joni's 17 studio albums and then write a, uh, a short story that involved crime and it also was cl clearly inspired by the song uh, that they had selected. And uh, they came up with just a wonderful collection of uh, pieces of fiction, uh, which happen by definition to be pieces of crime fiction. So some of them are pretty uh, violent. Some of them are pretty tender. There's an enormous range, just like Joni's songs have an enormous range to them. So that gives you a sense of, of what the album is about. Why don't we uh, listen in? and hear from some of the contributors. And I, I've got six of them with me this evening. I'm going to call on them in the order that their stories appear in the book, which means in chronological order uh, of the song's appearance on Joni's albums. So the, the first person who's here with us tonight is David Dean, and David wrote a song, a story called The Priest, based on Joni's song, The Priest, from her third studio album, Ladies of the Canyon, which came out in 1970. Uh, David, why don't you talk to us about your, uh, your work and also about especially your story for this book. Thanks, Josh. Um, I always find it a little awkward to introduce myself because I always feel like it's self-promotion, but I guess to some degree I'm, I have to assume you don't know who I am, and I'm sure you don't, so I'm going to tell you something about my writing career, at least. Um, I've had three novels published, though I am primarily a short story writer. Uh, I've had uh, 57 stories published up to date, up to this date, um, in the mystery, suspense, and horror genres, a number of which have been nominated for the Seamus, Barry, Derringer, and Edgar Awards, I'm still waiting for the awards, but at least had the nominations. Um, my story, Ibrahim's Eyes, uh, won the Ellery Queen Mystery Magazine Reader's Award for 2007. And I also have the distinguished honor of having been placed in the Dick Tracy Hall of Fame as a result of my being a crime fiction writing police chief, now retired from policing anyway. Um, so on to my story. Um, my story in The Beat of Black Wings, as Josh mentioned, is The Priest, which is based on the song of the same name uh, from the Ladies of the Canyon. Of Joni Mitchell's songs, this is certainly one of the more obscure. Um, it paints an intriguing picture of a meeting between a man and a woman and seems to indicate both by the title and some subsequent lyrics that he is a priest and that they have shared some past together or perhaps will become involved in some way in the present moment. It isn't clear, and even after repeated listening, I'm not entirely sure the use of the word priest isn't a metaphor. In any event, I was attracted to write my story for two reasons. The song contains lots of elements for me to work with while not tying me down to a particular plot line. And, metaphor or not, being a Catholic, I've known many a priest, and I'm friends with several. I've also featured Catholic priests and characters in, in much of my fiction. So that part put me on familiar ground. As for the rest, there was the challenge laid down by our wonderful editor, Josh Pachter, whom you just heard from, that we must include several lines or images from whatever song we selected in order that it might be recognizable as having been inspired by Joni Mitchell's music. In my case, an airport bar, a necktie, a glass of wine, and some grinning Germans. Harken to the particular lines and lyrics in this song. It's set in the Frankfurt airport, which I'm also familiar with. I spent three and a half years in Germany uh, with the courtesy of the U.S. military. Um, and it's set during a, 
a major storm, a gale, that's grounded flights all over Europe. In one of the crowded bars, a priest returning to the States from a pilgrimage encounters an aging rock star stranded on her way to Paris. They know each other from childhood when they shared their first kisses and a very traumatic experience. They each know more about what happened that day than they ever reveal to one another. This day, decades later, the priest is in a confessional mood. And that's the setting of my story. Um, if, if, if you've read any of my stories before, um, you'll know that I often uh, deal with themes having to do with confession and redemption, and this is uh, along those lines. Uh, it's a very evocative tune, and you can read a lot of different things into it, I think, uh, which I referred to earlier, which made it kind of an, an easy story for me and that uh, I wasn't painted into any corners. But I hope that that's a good enough description that it'll pique your interest to read it. And, um, and of course, I hope that you'll enjoy it. Thank you. Okay. Um, Josh, are you there? Josh, are you there? I am. Josh, can you are you hear there? Me? Yes, now we can. I was going to go ahead and step in for you. David's just finished his his little piece. Would you move on to whoever's next? I'm not sure who's in your lineup. Yeah, I'm happy to. I guess my uh, microphone must have cut out there. I apologize for that. But not I'm a glad problem. I'm back now. Hey, that's so why you hired me hear... as your technician. <laughs> Absolutely. You're doing a great job. I'm going to put you in for a bonus, Pam. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right. Well, we're back on track. And next up, we have Edith Maxwell, who's also known to hopefully some of your listeners as Maddie Day. She writes successful novel series under both of those names. For The Beat of Black Wings, Edith selected a song from Joni Mitchell's eighth album, Hajira, which came out in 1976, a song called Blue Motel Room. Here's Edith. Hello. Um, thank you so much for having us on, Pam, and always to Josh for including me in this really uh, stellar anthology. Um, yes, I am, unlike David, I am primarily a novelist. I write three uh, mystery series. My two, written as Maddie Day, are contemporary cozy series with recipes. And, <clears throat> excuse me, I have one written as Edith Maxwell that's a historical Quaker midwife mysteries that take place in the late 1800s. But I also love writing short stories. Um, and it gives me a break from writing longer pieces. And I can sort of try out a different voice or maybe a darker story than I usually write. Um, I'm, a, I'm a, basically a lifelong Joni Mitchell fan since I discovered her in my early 20s. And to to have a story on any of one of my <laughs> dozens of favorite songs of hers um, is is really really a treat. Um, I think I've listened to Hidget. I don't know how many hundreds of times that album. Uh, Blue Motel Room was not one that came to mind, but Josh suggested it as being a good fit, and I thought I can do that. Um, in in the song. Tony's got her two dozen roadmaps, and she's got a guy back in L.A. who's hanging out with other women, and she's not quite sure what the future holds. Um, but she's in um, Savannah, Georgia, where I've never been, but that's what Google's for. Um, and so in my story, um, my protagonist is, um, is uh, temporarily staying on her travels in a blue motel room, and it's very depressing and run-down motel. And um, she's, a, she's a sort of a career petty thief, um, which she learned from her father, and she can break into safes and steal one really valuable item that the person might not miss for a while. And then she sells it and gives the money to a, a women's shelter, and then she moves on. Um, well, this time when she opens the safe, she finds a desiccated hand 
and is rather taken aback by that. Um, so I don't want to give any spoilers, but um, she, she, she figures out where the hand came from and um, exacts a bit of uh, appropriate um, sort of vigilante justice about that before she moves on with her two dozen roadmaps. So that's that's the gist of my story. And as I said, I'm completely delighted to be in this collection. Um, I hope people will find me at edithmaxwell.com and you can read there about the the three blogs I regularly blog on. Um, And... For Josh to describe us as like the cream of the crop of short story writers is, ooh, and I'm part of it. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. <laughs> so um, I just, I have to say, I just finished reading the whole collection a couple of days ago. I've been sitting on my couch with my Kindle reading through it, and oh my God, there's so many amazing stories. So I hope anybody listening will um, pick, a, pick up a copy and read through it as you can and leave us a wonderful review. We'd appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you, Edith. Let me just make sure that in between speakers, I haven't uh, cut out again. Can everybody still hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay, great. Uh, This is probably a good time to mention, since Edith just uh, expressed the hope that the listeners will get a copy of the book and read it and review it, uh, where you can do that. The book's Available in uh, three formats. It's available as an ebook for Kindle apps and readers, for Nooks and other uh, ebook platforms, including for people who don't have a dedicated reader or app. Uh, unusually, it's available on PDF. Uh, it's also available in paperback and in hardcover. And you can get it from all the uh, normal online retailers now that bookstores are mostly closed for walk in business. So you can get it from uh, online sources. Probably the best place to get it is directly from the good folks at Untreed Reads uh, who published the book because they are offering uh, all three formats, ebook, paperback, and hardcover, uh, at a nicely discounted price. So you're not only going to save some money yourself, but remember also a third of all the royalties will go to benefit the Brain Aneurysm Foundation. So it's maybe just coincidental, maybe not, who can tell that we're flipping back and forth between primarily short story writers like David Dean and primarily novelists like Edith Maxwell. Next in line, another primarily short story writer, the multi-award winning, multi-talented Barb Goffman, who wrote a song, uh, a story based on Joni's song Man to Man from her 11th studio album, Wild Things Run Fast, which came out in 1982. Barb, take it away. Thanks, Josh. Hi, everybody. Um, So I'll just add a little bit to that very nice introduction Josh gave for me. For those of you who don't know me, um, I write actually solely short stories. I have an unpublished novel, but it is unpublished and in the drawer, and there it shall remain. So my focus is short stories. I have been fortunate enough to have won um, a number of awards, um, the Agatha Award and the McCavity and the Silver Falchion, and I've been nominated 28 times for National Short Story Awards. Um, In December, I had an anthology that I edited come out called Crime Travel, so if you like stories about crime and about time travel, this is for you. Um, David Dean has a story in that book, and it's very good. Um, But it's okay, so let's move on to the anthology that we are here today to talk about. So my story is called Man to Man, and it is based on the story of the same title in While Things Run Through. And this is a song about a woman who goes from man to man, and she's trying to find someone who she could have a long-lasting relationship with. At least that's how I read the lyrics. And the song has a romantic feeling to it. But, you know, we needed to make make it sound kind of crimey. <laughs> it needed a crime element. So I thought, what if I turned it a bit on its head and I wrote about a woman who had the love of her life, but he died in a tragic accident in her early 20s, and that hardens her. 
she got the financial settlement from the insurance company and 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 from the people who caused the accident, and that enables her to support herself. And since she doesn't need a man anymore to to support her, and since she doesn't want to feel love anymore, she just goes from man to man just for the fun of it. No love for her. And then she met David, and he's older and he's rich, way richer than she ever thought she'd be. So she gave up her settlement money, and she married him. And she thought that, you know, they understood their situation. Rich older man, younger trophy wife, each in it for less romantic reasons than love. But as the story starts, Cecilia learns both things, that David loves her and he thinks she loves him. And they've taken a big financial hit. She never expected any of these things to be true, and now she's kind of stuck with this guy who can't provide her any of the things that she gave up everything for. The result of all of this is Cecilia ends up in social isolation because she doesn't feel like she fits in with her crowd anymore. She ends up basically self-quarantining at home. And it's a big problem because she's an extrovert. So her anger grows and it grows and the story goes from there. I really had no idea when I wrote it a year or two ago, I don't remember when I wrote it exactly, that um, it would end up being so timely. You know, Cecilia complains that she's stuck in a high rise, but she's still stuck there. And I know there are a lot of people out there today that introverts like me might be going, okay, stay at home, that's not much of a problem. But if you're a person who gets your energy and from other people and being isolated makes you feel down, then what we're dealing with today could be a emotionally well problematic is it, it puts it in a very minor way um but that is that is the basic of the story and one of the things I really loved about this story is it gave me a chance to write about a character who I hope readers will love to hate because Cecilia might have started out as a romantic person, but she hardened, and boy, does she harden hard. But she's also kind of fun, at least I, I hope she is, in, in her word choices and the things she does and the things she thinks. And I hope people will read the story and enjoy it. So if people want to learn more about me, you can go to my website. That's barbgoffman.com, B-A-R-B-G-O-F-F, like Frank Frank, M-A-N. And every third Tuesday, I also blog at sleuthsayers.org. That's S like Sam, L-E-U-T-H-S-A-Y-E-R-S.org. And everybody there is a short story writer, and a lot of the posts talk about writing short stories. I think that's it, Josh. Thank you very much, Barb. Uh, so, 17 studio albums, 26 short stories, one or two based on songs from each of the 17 albums. And only two of the stories in the book, only two of the authors represented in the book, selected the title song from the album that they chose. And we have, as it happens, both of those two writers here with us on the air this evening. So the first of them is Elaine Veets. And let me see if I can get this out correctly. Elaine wrote a story called Dog Eat Dog, based on, inspired by Joni Mitchell's song, Dog Eat Dog, from Joni's 1985 12th studio album, Dog Eat Dog. That's a lot of dogs, eating a lot of dogs. Elaine, why don't you tell us about you and about it? Hi, Josh. Thank you. Um, I was fascinated by Joni Mitchell because not only is her music beautiful, but so are her words. And Dog Eat Dog is uh, one, one of the stanzas that I chose was, On primetime crime, the victim begs, money is the road to justice, and power walk it on crooked legs, prime time crime, holy hope in the hands of snake bite evangelists and racketeers and big wig financiers. 
So I took some of those L, uh, of those uh, elements, and uh, I've always been fascinated by um, evangelists and why people are such suckers for the bad ones. And since we have a fair amount of them in Florida, that was uh, another reason. And so my character here is a young woman, and she is the fourth Mrs. Colgate Osborne, and she's determined to be the last. She's very young. She's very pretty, and her husband is very rich and very, very old. And it looks like uh, she's going to inherit all of his money when suddenly as the end begins to approach and he gets older, he is uh, falls for an evangelist and starts giving his money to this evangelist. And now my character is very, very worried because she put in all her time with this old man and it looks like the evangelist is going to run off with the money. So um, I started it out by saying, the first time I tried to kill my husband, I failed miserably. I gave him a little push at the top of the stairs, and Colgate tangled himself in his wallet, in his walker, and fell down 27 marble steps, just as I hoped. And he cracked his head, but not hard enough. Now he's in a coma. The doctors say there's still brain activity, and he could wake up at any time, so I can't pull the plug. He could live forever this way. As I sit by his bedside, I watch the fluid drip through his IV and imagine each drop is a dollar. Even his immense fortune will be drained away. I want desperately to finish him off, but I don't want to be caught. So the rest of the short story is how uh, she uh, tries to trick the evangelist into killing her husband. And whether she succeeds or not, well, you'll have to read the story to find out. Uh, As for myself, I'm a novelist. I've just turned in my 34th novel called Death Grip. And my latest novel is called A Star is Dead. And um, it features Angela Richmond, who's a death investigator. And I took the medical legal death investigators training course. So um, I write mostly novels, but I really enjoy short stories. They let me try out different uh, characters and different personalities. And I was particularly pleased to be part of a Joni Mitchell anthology. So thank you very much, Josh, and take it away. Thanks, Elaine. So before we move on, I want to say something to clarify uh, a little bit of number, uh, potential confusion if we have any really sharp-eared listeners. You may have noticed that I have referred a time or two to there being 26 stories in the book, but I've also referred to there being 28 authors represented in the book. And let me explain that briefly. Uh, Two of the stories that are contained in the book are collaborative stories, and each of those brings, I think, something really new and different and exciting to the table. Uh, The first of the two is a take on Joni's classic song, Both Sides Now, and it's the only story in the book where I was the one who paired song to uh, author. I made a few suggestions here and there, like suggesting Blue Motel Room to Edith Maxwell. But this was a case where I I went to uh, my friends Art Taylor and Tara Laskowski, who are both award-winning short story writers, and who also happen to be married uh, to each other. But Art and Tara had never written a story collaboratively, and I thought it would be perfect for them to tackle both sides now. So that's one of the two collaborations in the book. Uh, The other one's by two names who are probably less familiar to short story readers, but hopefully they won't stay less familiar for long. Uh, Emily Hockaday and Jackie Sherbo. Uh, The reason I know them both is because they are the managing editors of two apiece, a total of four uh, wonderful short story magazines. Uh, One uh, is Ellery Queens, another is Alfred Hitchcock's. Those Pam mentioned when she introduced me, I write for both of them. And Jackie is the managing editor for those two magazines. Uh, The company 
Penny Press under the Dell Magazine's imprint that owns uh, Ellery Queens and Alfred Hitchcock's also owns two science fiction magazines, Isaac Asimov's Science Fiction and Analog Science Fiction and Fact. And Emily is the managing editor for those two publications. So Emily and Jackie worked together all the time but had never written a short story together. And I asked them to team up and uh, pick a story. They did, and that's the other collaboration in the book. So 26 authors, uh, 26 stories, 28 authors in total. Uh, one of the 28 authors, the next one uh, in line tonight chronologically is me, but I'm going to skip over me with an eye on the clock, and if we have time, maybe we'll come back to me a little bit later. Let's just move on to our last two contributors who are with us here this evening, and I'm, I'm lumping them together not because they wrote a story together, but because they are the two both picked songs from Joni's 16th studio album, Taming the Tiger, came out in 1998. And first we're going to hear from Allison McMahon, who selected uh, a song called Harlem in Havana, which has some real personal resonance for her. And then after that we'll hear from Mindy Quigley. But first, Allison? Hi, Josh. Thank you for the introduction, and thank you, Pam, for doing this show. Um, the song Harlem in Havana is really different from Joni Mitchell's other songs. I picked it because I liked the lyrics more than anything, and I started doing research, and I discovered that it is about a real uh, review, a real variety show from the 30s. Well, it lasted for for decades, and it was um, composed of black performers and Cuban performers, and it was run by a gentleman named Leon Claxton, and it's sort of a chapter in the history of show business that is no longer known anymore, but I was fascinated that this was about, Joni Mitchell must have seen the show at some point, and then she wrote about it, so here's some of the lyrics that intrigued me. Um, Emmy May ran away with a man as dark as night You can see him if you go there Second trumpet to the right Barker's barking Step right up folks The show's about to begin It's Harlem in Havana time Step right in So I wanted to write about that I wanted to write about the um, The girl that Falls for the second trumpet From the right and when I started doing more research on how Claxton um, would cast the, the dancers and musicians from Cuba, I realized that I had an opportunity to connect this history with some history from my own family. My, my husband, whose parents were Venezuelan, uh, his great uncle, the one he's named after, was a revolutionary or a mercenary, depending on how you look at it. And he was fighting in Cuba in 1935 when he was killed. So I decided to set the story in 1933 and have him be, he's undercover and he's the second trumpet from the right. And uh, I'll read you a, a little bit of, this is from his point of view, and he actually has a job of, of instigating a riot, but in the middle of it, he sees a group of women on the street, street singers, singing Lagrimas Negras, Black Tears. It's a bolero song. It's a real song. And he uh, saw, sees this girl, and he says, I sucked in my breath and went still, my mind blank, mesmerized by her full red sensuous lips, her dusky face, the otherworldly expression in those immense emerald gray eyes. I closed my own eyes and glimpsed the fields of sugar cane, ripples flowing through the yellow and violet tassels on the sea of green. So that's um, about all I have to say about that. For more, you're going to have to read the book. It's a great book filled with great stories. If you want to know more about the other books I've written, I've written three books and a handful of short stories. Um, you can read about me at alisonmcmahon.com, A-L-I-S-O-N-M-C-M-A-H-A-N.com. Thank you. Thank you, Allison. Hey, would you mind just briefly 
uh, letting our listeners know just a little bit about your nonfiction book, because you're one of the few, uh, actually, I think you're the only person uh, in this uh, cyber room this evening who, in addition to publishing books of fiction, has also published a book of nonfiction. I've published two books of nonfiction. I did a book on Tim Burton's films, and uh, and the book you're referring to is called Alice Guy Blachet, Lost Visionary of the Cinema, and a documentary filmmaker based a documentary on that, which is still playing on TCM right now for another week on Turner Classic Movie Channel. It's called Be Natural, and it was based in part on my book. It's the story of the first woman filmmaker who was a French woman who also had a studio in Fort Lee, New Jersey, which was Hollywood before Hollywood. Thanks, Allison. So I mentioned a little while ago that we have two stories in the book uh, where the, uh, the crime fiction writer selected the title track from the album. And they're both animal titles. We had Elaine Vietz's Doggy Dog from Doggy Dog. And the other one is Mindy Quigley, who selected from Taming the Tiger, the title track, Taming the Tiger. Uh, Mindy, tell us about yourself. Tell us about your story. Sure. Um, so where Elaine's story is dogs on dogs on dogs, mine is cats on cats on cats. <laughs> so it's a nice counterpoint. Um, so I usually write cozy mysteries. So um, my Mount Moriah mystery series is pretty slapstick, actually. Funny, set in a small town with a young female hospital chaplain as a protagonist. Um, and then I've also recently signed on with St. Martin's for a new funny, cozy series that's set in a pizzeria. So um, that's that's my usual bag. But like a lot of the other authors here, I went pretty dark with this story. Um, and I am I was thinking about that today. I'm not sure why Joni's music brought out such darkness in all of us, um, because most of us are, are big Joni Mitchell fans. Um, but for some reason, this, this turned on a dark switch. Um, but I do think maybe it's because there's a depth and seriousness to her lyrics that maybe lends itself to some heavier interpretations. And um, that was the case in my story in particular. Um, so I went into her song, Taming the Tiger, which draws on the um, the 18th century poem by William Blake called Tiger, Tiger. And that poem uh, is often read as a contemplation of the origin of evil, so it wasn't really much of a stretch to go dark with the themes of the story. Um, that all makes it sound like it's like this really high-minded, boring story, but don't worry, there's like tons of sex in it. <laughs> so um, I hope that it's still enjoyable. And the story itself centers on a naive young poet who lands a seemingly perfect gig, and um, there's something standing in the way, though, of holding on to that gig, and it kind of sees how far she'll go. Um, there's also a bit of humor in the story to leaven it, because I just can't help putting that in anything that I write. Um, and more than a few cat puns, some overt and some sneakily in there. Um, so, I, yeah, I hope people will read the collection and enjoy it. I certainly have enjoyed um, the stories that I've read out of it so far, and I'm honored to be a part of it and really excited to be on the show here today. Um, and if anybody wants to read more of my work, they can head over to mindyquigley.com um, or find me on Facebook. Thank you, Mindy. So, uh, Pam, I think at this point you wanted to step in. I do, indeed. First of all, I have to say, there's some of the most interesting writers and stories that I've heard in a long, long time. Thank you so much, writers, for being with me uh, and Josh tonight. This is fantastic. Um, I want to remind listeners that our, our writer guests are here for a little while to answer questions. Um, you may call in any time now at 347 633 9609 if you want to say hello, ask a question, make a comment. And while we're waiting, Josh, I know you did not want to introduce yourself as writer-editor of this anthology, but I want to introduce you as writer and editor of The Beat of Black Wings, crime fiction inspired by the songs of Joni Mitchell. Please tell us um, what song you chose to use as inspiration and why. 
I'm happy to do that, Pam. Uh, actually, <clears throat> this entire collection, the whole project, arose <clears throat> pardon me, uh, out of a, a story that I wrote on uh, my 66th birthday a couple of years ago. Uh, I, I had been listening to a lot of Joni Mitchell, and I'd especially been listening to her 1998 studio album, Chalk Mark in a Rainstorm. Uh, and there is a, a marvelous song on that record called The Beat of Black Wings. Uh, and it's a story of a young soldier. His name was Killer Kyle, and that's a lyric from the song. Uh, and that character just grabbed me, and I, I decided I wanted to take Joni Mitchell's Killer Kyle and put him into a short story. Uh, so I wrote a story, and I actually called it Killer Kyle, but right around the same time that I was working on the story, I became aware that there were some writers and some editors who were doing compilations, anthologies of um, uh, crime fiction based on lyrics of a couple of popular uh, singer-songwriters, one in particular, Bruce Springsteen, another one, Johnny right. Cash. Right. And I found myself thinking, well, maybe, maybe there's a book of stories based on the songs of Joni Mitchell. So I started contacting writers who I knew, and then based on recommendations from them, and also, Pam, from you, uh, I started contacting some writers who I didn't know, uh, and almost everyone I talked to was enthusiastic about the project, uh, and not only enthusiastic about contributing a story, but also enthusiastic about the idea of part of the proceeds going to benefit a very worthy charity, the Brain Aneurysm Foundation. So I sort of regretfully changed the name of my own story from Killer Kyle to The Beat of Black Wings so that it, like all the other stories in the book, would have the same title as the title of the song that inspired it. Uh, and I also don't want to provide any spoilers, but I will say um, that uh, Killer Kyle uh, in, in, in the story is probably just about the darkest character that I have ever found myself writing. Uh, I don't consider myself a writer of cozies, but I do tend to write relatively light. Uh, and my story, The Beat of Black Wings, is certainly not a light story. It's a dark one. So um, we have uh, the opportunity for people who would like to do so to call in. The number again is 347 633-9609. And uh, Pam, have you got a caller on the line? I don't, but I would let you know as soon as we do. Um, I want to ask, for, well, first of all, I want to uh, once again uh, express my thanks. Um, now, I know Elaine and I know Josh. They've been guests here before, but you all are welcome back um, when you have new books. And I, I want to just put this out there. The Authors on the Air Global Radio Network has 20 programs um, in it. We reach 40 countries and over a million and a half social media followers. And in this time of coronavirus, um, we want to share the love with authors who are unable to go to book signings and to read a writer conferences to um, let people know when they have a new release. So if any of our guests tonight are in that situation or any of you listening or in that situation, please find me. I'm not hard to find on Facebook, um, either through Authors on the Air or from my page or Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. We also have a very robust book review group called the Book Review Crew, whose reviews oftentimes reach 100,000 people per review. Uh, publishers love us because we post um, all the buy links and do an, uh, anonymous reviews on all the books we get. Josh, tell us again where this book can be purchased. Um, well, I would love to be able to say you could walk right into any Borders. Right. But, of course, Borders is no more. Uh, and I would then love to be able to say you could walk right into any Barnes & Noble, but, of course, you can't. You can, however, find the book as a paperback, as a hardcover, and as an ebook in all the various different ebook formats from an assortment of online vendors, including Good. Barnes and Noble, Amazon, Smashwords, all of those. Uh, and you can also get it directly from the publisher, Untreed Reads. Untreed okay. is U N T 
T-R-E-E-D, untreadreads.com. And I actually would recommend that you get it there um, because they are kindly offering the book from their own website at a very nice discount. Uh, for the uh, paperback and the hardcover, they're taking 15% off the list price, which the uh, bigger clicks and mortar vendors are not doing. Uh, and then they're also knocking a dollar off the price of the uh, ebook. So it's uh, uh, good for a smaller publisher, and it's also good for your pocketbook at the same time that it's good for your brain to read the stories and good for other people's brains because of the contributions being made to the Brain Aneurysm Foundation. Okay, and those of you who love Joni Mitchell, the first person to call in at 347-633-9609, Authors on the Air is going to gift you with a copy of the book in print. So let's go ahead and and, uh, take callers as soon as you get to your phone. It takes me a second to pick up on the switchboard, but please do call in. Um, I want to go back in order of the um, of the guests that were that were just on, and I think David, you started off the interviews tonight, did you not? I did. Yes. Um, David, if what is your favorite song from Joni Mitchell? Hmm, that's a tough one. Um, I would say my favorite album is uh, Ladies of the Canyon, uh, which mm-hmm. is where the, the the priest the song the priest the comes priest from that I based the story, from. but mm-hmm. yeah, um, that however is not my favorite song, but um, there's a number of them. Um, I'm trying to carry. I think I always like that. Um, mm-hmm. I just love I, I love the ambiance of the song, the the tune, the lyrics. Um, it's it's a uh, so I forget who mentioned it, but uh, so, uh, uh, someone uh, in the lineup here mentioned what a, a great writer she is. Right. And, um, and that is one of the things that's always attracted me uh, to her music and, and to, uh, and, and made this writing the story pretty easy is that she writes really well, very evocative, very, very image laden lyrics, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, it's very aside from the music. Even though the music's great, and also and her voice is is uh, wonderful. Uh, right. So, I, but I, off the top of my head, I would say Carrie. But there's there's so many others, uh, really and truly. If I stop and think about it, I, I could probably if, if remember them. But uh, certainly that one. Uh, that's a great. That's my favorite album, though. Ladies of the Good. Canyon. I will say. Is Tell us what favorite. your website is, please, David. I, I'm afraid I don't have one. Um, okay. Being primarily can, a short where, story writer. Where can we find you if we want to find you in social media? Well, I'm on Facebook. Uh, okay. As David Dean. Um, so I'm I'm hanging out there. Um, Very good. And and I'm going to go ahead and address my next question to Elaine. Um, hi, Elaine. Again. Hi again. How are you? Good, good. I think the last time I spoke to you on this show, you had just started with your, um, I think you it was your first book in this series, was it not? When, right. when it you and I talked? Brainstorm, yes. And you had just gone through your classes. Um, how many books since then have you written in this particular series? I've written uh, four books since then. Wow. Yeah. And Wow. Uh, <laughs> Keeps me off the streets. <laughs> I bet it does. Um, now you have a, n- a new one that's releasing, or just released? It was just released April seventh. Um, wow! And uh, it's called "A Star Is Dead," and so it is the fifth Angela Richmond mystery. And uh, knock on wood, it's gotten uh, good reviews so far. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed. But, um, you know, like a lot of writers, I had to do a release that was, shall we say, subdued. And, right, uh, right. I went well, to, one, to, to one one bookstore and I signed my books uh, wearing uh, gloves. Of course. <laughs> and that was my signing. Did you go to Murder by the Beach and you had to just sign, sign a whole bunch of them there and then go home? That was it. I drove up to yeah. Murder on the Beach bookstore in Delray. Yeah. They let yep. me in the side door. 
they stood behind the counter while I signed my books with a sanitized pen wearing gloves, and then I went out the side door again. There you go. Um, I, I left a message for you. I, 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 we want to help those of you who are releasing new books, and so um, I left a message for you on your page, and you know how to find me, okay? Um, okay I also want to, I want to talk to um, – is it who is last? Allison, were you the one who was last? Mindy. Mindy was last. Yeah, it was Mindy. M- yep. Mindy, um, talk to me about your nonfiction books. Very rarely do I have a chance to read nonfiction that sticks, but um, you said that you wrote about um, one of the movie directors, Tim Burton. Actually, that was Allison. That oh, was Allison. Allison. That's- Okay, sorry. I, I, I knew it was one of the last two. Allison, are you there? <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, talk, yes, I, I want to know, was... what made you decide to write about Tim Burton? I think that would be nonfiction that I would really enjoy reading. Uh, I was a film professor at the time, and it's an academic book. It's a little on the dry side. Uh, but I wrote it because my editor at Bloomsbury invited me to write it. And ah. when he when he asked me to write it, I was overjoyed because the book he had published of mine before that was a book about early cinema. So I was kind of surprised that he would tap me. But uh, I was doing some research on virtual reality and machinima at the time, so he thought I was a good match for that book. I'm going to keep you in mind. eternally grateful. We have um, a little group coming up of screenwriters, scriptwriters, and people involved in film. So I'm writing your name on my list, okay? Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Uh, Mindy, let's go back to you. Hi. (laughs) Hi. Tell me about the traditional books that you write. So the the traditional mysteries that I have published is a series out. It's set in North Carolina, and it centers on a young female hospital chaplain as the protagonist. Um, so it's kind of in the tradition of, you know, the Father Dowling mysteries or the Grant Chester mysteries where ah, you have uh-huh. um, a person of faith who is able to get embroiled into some sticky situations because of the position that they're in. Um, so those um, each have a different setting in North Carolina that, explores a different aspect of North Carolina history. So there's one that's kind of a Civil War era um, book, another one that explores um, the history of the German U-boats that sank a bunch of ships off of the Outer Banks of North Carolina, which was Mm -hmm. a little-known corner of history that um, I think deserves a little bit more attention, and then one set in uh, the aftermath of the Civil War among the Lumbee Indians of North Carolina, um, so that's the, that's the series that's out now. They sound very research heavy. Is that true? Yes. So I was trained as a historian, um, and actually, uh-huh. like Allison, I have some some nonfiction workout, but it's um, scientific journal articles <laughs> because now I do clinical research. Um, so research is kind of my day job, my bag. So it's. It's not a burden oh, for me to do oh, research. Oh, please, don't even, don't even feel bad about that. Since this COVID coronavirus hit, um, uh, I have gone to every science magazine I can find online, and I'm like a junkie. I'm a science junkie for it. So, and you know, which has nothing to do with being a radio talk show host, <laughs> but, but and a and a voracious fiction reader. Uh, so, I think that's great. Listen, your skills are handy right now though aren't they indeed yes yeah so i i but i i like you i'm getting a little bit caught up in the the data of coronavirus so it's probably right. not a healthy habit right now to have right so uh, i have found that i you know i've signed up for all these emails and now i'm backing down and not <laughs> reading them every day because you know i while i love dystopian thrillers and i feel like we're living in one i don't need to be pounded over this every day <laughs> thank you mindy right. yeah definitely Edith, are you this kind of stuff in the realm of fiction it, it really is edith are you still with us i am of course hi Tell me about your traditional writing, please, other than for this anthology. 
my traditional mystery. Mm-hmm. Or, or, so I write a historical mystery series with Edith Maxwell. I'm talking about mm-hmm. research. <laughs> Anybody who writes in another century or a couple centuries has to do a lot of research. And I'm not trained as a historian. Um, and I've found I love being an amateur historian. Like my books are set here in the northeast corner of Massachusetts where I live. And, um, you know, I I can walk around and see buildings that my Quaker midwife has gone into that are still standing and houses. Um, um, we have a really helpful uh, local um, uh, research librarian in our library when it's open, but even when it isn't, I can shoot her an email and she'll, she'll find me a map or the answer the question I have. Um, oh my gosh. Any, You've got a research assistant built right in. How wonderful. In a way. <laughs> Marky Walker. <laughs> Thank you, Marty. Um, but of course, where any, in Massachusetts, any, any, by the no, way, are you? I'm sorry. Where, where um, in Massachusetts yeah. are you from? I'm a mile from the New Hampshire border and one town in from the coast. So the top right corner. So my folks were from Worcester. We're from Worcester, yeah. and I have family in Springfield and on Falmouth. But you do not park the car in the Harvard Yard. Where is your? Oh, well, I'm a native. I'm a Southern Californian. Oh well, there you go. <laughs> you know. So you're, when you're, you're, you're asking David about his his favorite song, you know, right? I mean, that, I can't. There are dozens of them, but you know, California. I'm coming home, like. Yeah, you know, when I was uh, traveling all over the world, that was definitely one of them. Yeah. Oh, how fun. Oh, how fun. Um, yeah. Barb, are yeah. you still with us? Miss Barb. I am. I had to get myself off mute. Oh, okay. You know, um, your name has been bandied about on this show. I cannot tell you how many times. You're so well known. Um, I'm so thrilled that you're here, and, uh, and uh, thank you for being here. Your newest book is what? Uh, the anthology that came out in December is called Crime Travel. So it's crime and time travel. And it's part of an anthology. Who did the editing on that book? I did. I edited the anthology, and I have a story. There you it. go. And how many writers are involved in that? Fifteen total. That's a big undertaking, isn't it? I have to tell you, though, I love an- I love anthologies. Um, we were very lucky that... Um, uh, uh, I asked my writer friends one year if they would contribute a short story to an anthology, and we called it Betrayed. It was um, uh, short stories um, about kick-ass survivors of, of domestic violence, and, of course, the proceeds went to a shelter. And it would turned out to be a lot of fun and a lot of hard work to do. We put it together in six months, and Allison Brennan contributed – a regular novella to the book, which I think is the reason it sold so well. But but it's a labor of love when you do anthologies, Barb, isn't it? It really is. This was, you know, I, I love time travel, and I, I love time travel movies. And I, I didn't, even though I, I've edited other anthologies before, it it was always either with with Donna Andrews and Marsha Talley, we do the Chesapeake Crime series, a new book mm-hmm. every two years. And I did the editing for one of the Malice anthologies. But, but this was the only one where it was all mine from start to finish, including coming up with the idea and arranging the publisher and reading all the submissions and choosing the stories and then editing them. And, and wow, <laughs> that was a lot of time. <laughs> it was a lot of time. Um, Josh, I'm going to go back to you. Um, I don't know. We're almost out of time, so I can't hold the studio any longer for callers. But I am going to post, and I hope all of you post, that um, uh, if the first person who posts on any of our our uh, Facebook pages about this interview, uh, let me know immediately, and I'll gift them a copy of the book. Okay? That's very nice. It's my pleasure. Um, ladies and gentlemen, my guests tonight have been Josh Packer, who is the contributor and editor for, and I will read the name very slowly so that you can hear it well, Black Wings, crime fiction-inspired uh, 
by the songs of Joni Mitchell. Did I say it right? No, it's not right. I, I missed off part of it. It's the it's beat, the of, beat Black of Black Wings. Wings. Crime fiction inspired by the songs of Joni Mitchell. And those with me tonight have been contributor uh, and the guy who put it all together and has a, has an, a story, Josh Packer, uh, Edith Maxwell, Barb Goffman, Elaine Veets, Allison Mc, McCann, McMahon, uh, Mindy Quigley, David Dean. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for being with me tonight. I hope you all are safe and sound. If you have Butch releasing anybody on this show or anybody else and you want to get the word out, please get in touch with us at Authors on the Air. You can write to info at authorsontheair.com. Have a blessed evening, everyone, and thank you again. Thank you, Pam. It's been thank fun. Thank you, Pam. Thank you're you. Thank you, Pam. Thank you. You're, you're so thank welcome. You. Thank you, listeners, and thank you, Mom and Dad. See you later. Mm-hmm.